Welcome to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture, and we got a great episode for you guys today. We um, kind of blended two episodes into one, so go ahead and tell, I guess, go ahead and start, Nathan. Oh, hi there. I'm Nathan Wagner. I'm a voice actor and writer, um, and I'm here with my best friend, Jalen. Hello, everyone. My name is Jalen Askins. I'm a professional voice actor, and uh, yeah, I'm Nathan's best friend. I'm happy to be here. I like it. And um, obviously, I know you guys through Brenna. Shout out to Brenna. And mm-hmm. That's your girlfriend. Woo-hoo. And you guys are in what I'd say is one of the most interesting worlds, kind of professions, because I don't know too much about it. The only mm-hmm. experience before like you guys have talked about it is mm-hmm. I used to work as a jet ski company, right? I was a jet right. ski guide. They had like the Nickelodeon crew come over. I, want, I think I told you this last time, right? And that was oh, my yeah. first ever experience to being like, oh, yeah, people like do do the voices for this shit like it makes sense but nobody thinks about it right but right. you guys are all behind the scenes and that was honestly one of the funnest group trips that i ever had because you could tell that their dynamic with ever like whatever the agency they're with or the network or whatever it was was like i'd love to work here like you guys they had similar energy to like the crazy jet ski guys that i worked with but we were all like <laughs> macho manly man you know what i mean but yeah. so like it was just like who could go faster who's gonna hit 70 mile 80 mile like who wants to you know be the biggest dog on the thing but the voice actors you guys were just yeah. like hey, we're all just hanging out. Like, it's a good time and we're all about it. Like, calm down. What are you doing? Like, you're just free to do whatever you want. And I loved it. So thank you, obviously, for coming on and thank you for accompanying. And we're just going to make it kind of one big roundtable thing. So I want to hear kind of how you got into this world. Right. So, uh, you know, I grew up around a lot of cartoons. Uh, My parents. Where are you from? I'm from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Gotcha. Born in L.A., raised in Rancho, and went to school in Montclair, California. Um, But growing up, you know, we had Ninja Turtles, Avatar Last Airbender. We had Jimmy Neutron, all this other stuff. So, and I grew up with the VHS tapes. So we had the VHS tapes of all the Renaissance Disney movies and all that. So um, as a kid, I was doing impressions of a lot of the things I would hear. Toy Story, you know. I do the, you know, the classic, well, boy, howdy. My name's Slinky Dog, um, you know. And then from there, like I kept, I kept it up, did accents and all this other stuff. And then by the time high school came around, I knew I wanted to get into this when I was like nine, nine or ten, which is crazy for for a nine or ten year old to go like, yeah. "Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a voice actor." But um, so then we get to high school, I start doing that stuff, and then by senior year, I said, "You know what? I don't care what I do." I'm going to make this career, point blank period. So um, I left, was participating in my first year of college, and my granddad, he goes like, hey, I found this class. It's a voiceover school in Irvine. Go ahead, go take it, do your thing. So I went to the uh, the place, did the preliminary you know, meeting and all that other stuff, and that's where I met Nathan. We, uh, it was all downhill from there. <laughs> right, I know. So we did, uh, I got through all these classes, and at that time I was like 18. And um, it was really cool. Like I, I got to experience what voice acting was, because in my family nobody knew what that was. you know. And as a creative, you, 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 you would understand. As a creative, you try to you know, do something, and your family doesn't really know much about it, and then they're kind of scared because they're like, 
oh, is, is, is he going to make it? Is he, mm-hmm. he going to be a struggling artist? You know? No, I get the same thing all the time. They'll be like, oh, so you do podcasts. Are you trying to get into radio? And I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, well, no, I want a podcast. Like, what is that? How does that work? Just, all right, just eat your salad and we'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. right. Eat your salad. <laughs> so then, you know, after like, I'd say two, three years of just focusing on schooling and all that stuff, because I was balancing a day job, school, and then trying to do voice acting. So then, um, you know, 2020, I started posting stuff online, trying to, you know, get my name out there, all that other stuff. And uh, funny enough, I did tell Nathan at one point, I said, hey, get on this Instagram stuff. I'm telling you right now, you're going to build up an audience, you're going to get your name. First, he was, he was a little best, and I was like, it took, and I do not lie, it took Batman for this man <laughs> to start an Instagram. Oh, yeah. And um, I was just like, yeah, so we did, I did that. We collabed a couple times. We met some great people. That's how we connected with Brenna and Ruby and Jeremy and all our friends. And then next thing I know, 2023 hits. So 2023, in April 2023, I quit my day job of three years. Um, I was a recreational leader for the city of Montclair. Gotcha. Worked with kids, elderly, whole bit. So I prayed on it. I was like, you know what, God, if there's a, if there's an opportunity where I can just, you know, leave my day job and pursue this full time, I will do it. No worries. So, uh, I get a text message from my friend, uh, Morgan, AKA mothballs VA shout out to her. She hits me up and she goes like, Hey, so, uh, I got this audiobook opportunity, and they're looking for somebody to do a book. Are you interested? I go, like, absolutely. So, we did that, and then a YouTube channel also came by and said, hey, we want to cast you for this. Do you want to do it? It was like a crime uh, documentary type series. I was like, yeah, I could do that. So, then after that, I remember I went in, I typed my two-week notice that night. Gave it to my ball. Oh, you're a better man than me. I've never put on a two-week notice. So <laughs> I'll let y'all know as I'm clocking out. Peace. All right? Have a good one. Figure right. it out. Right. That's good, though. So I gave him a two-week notice, and then I was like, okay, now we now it's the, the difficult part. You got to maintain everything. So um, quit in April, and then the first, like, first couple months, I was like, Okay, I'm starting to get my foot in a little bit. Started gain, gaining more gigs, working with uh, new people, gaining more clients and all that. Next thing I know, uh, you know, by the beginning of this year, I take a class that gets me one of the top VO agencies in uh, L.A., um, Atlas. So uh, since then... Yeah, congrats. Thank Go, you. Charla. So since then, I haven't really looked back because it was just like, I've, I've come this far. And it's only been a year, and we're beginning my second year this April. So I go like I'm pretty proud of myself on from where I came from to where I'm at now. I think we, I think I did a good job. And that's kind of one of the big things that I'm going to want to talk about over this episode right. is the importance of art. I guess we can start off by saying the reason why I love having artists on, no matter what your background is, tattoo, music, voice acting, whatever it is, is because I think the number one thing that moves culture is art. Point blank, that's what it is, right? I I always tell people I can be the greatest financial wizard, uh, you know, ever of all time, right? No one's ever going to be like, holy shit, the way Venture handled those numbers. Oh my God, he was just amazing. (laughs) However, a thousand years from now, when they dig our bodies up, they're going to see what? 
art. That's what's really going to kind of tell the picture of what we're doing, right? right? The songs that we sing, the paintings we created, all the media that we made, God willing, you know, it's still around and things like that. That's why I always try to push artists to know their worth, right. to obviously understand that, hey, no, 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 ultimately you determine your value, right? This isn't like an hourly thing. This isn't I'm selling flowers or something like that. No, you can be the next SpongeBob, right? Now it's funny you guys are making jokes. Oh, I'm going to do it right. <laughs> However, it takes time to get to that level. Don't just mm -hmm. think you're going to do it three days in and mm -hmm. be like, why am I not getting these deals? Yeah. But it's so awesome. I love the way your guys' minds work mm -hmm. because I, I'm a creative guy. However, I'm my, like, my greatness, my superpowers is in logistics. I see patterns within things and I'm one of the fastest guys at going like, all right, let's figure that out. Yeah. Well, everybody else is like, what are we looking at? And I'm like, no, it's done. I built the pyramid. Like you didn't <laughs> see it. It was the puzzles already together, guys. You got to get with it. We're on the next thing. I like to consider myself the bridge between art and getting it to, you know, the public and sort of having that massaged and understand that like, hey, yeah, this guy has all this work. It's a gallery, right? But I'm the guy that's like, hey, at some point we got to sell this shit. We got to get it to somebody, right? So right. it's like, I respect that you painted it and you did it, but buddy, we got to get to the market at some point. So <laughs> it's so awesome hearing about, you know, how far you've come in a year. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite quotes that I like to live by is from Tony Robbins. And he's like, hey, the average person overestimates the amount of work that they can get done in one year, but they underestimate the work that they can get in 10 years or a mm -hmm. lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, when you consistently get better and better and better mm -hmm. over a decade of work, imagine where you could be 10 years from now. That's where that SpongeBob, you know, air quotes, right. shit starts to come in. So right. that's awesome. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit more about your path. Obviously, similar timelines, I'm assuming, things like that. But yeah, let's hear a little bit more about what you got going on. Oh, yeah. No, um, that quote you said was uh, fascinating, the 10-year thing. Pull the mic in for oh. me a little bit. Hello, sir. <laughs> um, the uh, quote you said just now was really fascinating to me. Um, I think a lot of artists will... Uh, this does relate to me, I promise. Um, I think a lot of artists will get discouraged that they're not where they want to be. They'll be like, I want to be at, you know, I want to be the next SpongeBob mm -hmm. in like a year. Or he's like, I think I'm amazing. Why am I not getting it? <laughs> um, but uh, for me and my friend Jalen, a lot of this has been like, the culmination of a lot of work and training and meeting people and being nice to people. Yeah. It takes a while. And you talk about like over 10 years, like over 10 years, sometimes that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for me, it was, it was definitely a long haul. Um, I grew up, you can probably tell by my rancid energy. I was a, I was an awful little theater kid. Mm -hmm. um, I loved plays. I grew up doing plays for my church, uh, for my school. Um, and I had an obsession with cartoons and animation especially weird subversive stuff. I was really into like Invader Zim. I really liked uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. I remember Invader Zim, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that show. It's like, it's all like, just everything is disgusting and pukey. It's so wonderful. I love it. Um, but uh, I was really into cartoons and I was really into theater and I really wanted to make cartoons of some kind, but I was an awful artist. I could not draw <laughs> to mm -hmm. save my life. Uh, Brenna, weirdly enough, uh, my girlfriend, you had her on. She's an amazing artist. She can she can really do it. Mm -hmm. I can't. I'm awful <laughs> at drawing. Um, but I did have a theater background, and I was really good at accent work. Um, I would always get cast in my plays as the random guy with the accent. Um, even as a kid, I would be like, all right, you're Scottish child number three. And I was like, I'll be Scottish child number three. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, little German accents here and there. Um, and it was really fun for me. And so I combined my interest, uh, which what I was kind of doing. And I was like, okay, if I can't draw the cartoon, then maybe I can write it. Maybe I can voice act in it. Um, and so it was kind of similar to Jalen, a family friend of mine. Um, 
uh, recommended a uh, voiceover class. Mm-hmm. Um, we went over, we did the preliminary stuff, and Jalen glazed over the fact that Batman is the reason we became friends. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, Batman helped us. And you're like, what is he... Okay, this yeah, well, is... What's the deal with Batman? This is important. <laughs> um, I met Jalen at the voiceover class. Yep. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jalen, I might get something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in guns blazing, the world was exploding, I, I kicked in the front door, I said, give me a job! But... Um, I walked in there, mm-hmm. and um, me and Jalen were like probably the two youngest people in the class, right? It was a lot we of were, older folks. We were, and most of the people that were there were between like late twenties all the way to like probably in their fifties or sixties. Oh, okay. Yeah, you get a lot of people in that class um, who were uh, kind of retired and wanted like a little side hustle or something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of really talented people too. Mm-hmm. Um, but me and Jalen were two of the youngest people, so we kind of um, you know huddled together, and we would get. Um, pick together to read together for uh, uh, all the different reads we would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we would have a number of guest directors and uh, guest people who would direct the class. Yep. And one of them was Kevin Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen, do you want to tell him who Kevin Porter is? So Kevin Porter, he is an actor. And one of the things he does is he goes around to conventions and all that, and he does Batman. Like, dude looks like he could play Bruce Wayne. That Sounds like a terror. Brother built like let, let me Google him. What's his name? Kevin, Kevin Porter. Porter. Kevin Porter. Let's see. Oh, no. Kevin Porter's a basketball player for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Should I type in Batman? Or yeah. Like, yeah, that will help. Batman. Batman. Shout out to the basketball guy, though. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I he definitely was- see it. You look at this guy, and he has pecs the size of like a pickup truck. Yep. He's seven foot eight, and he sounds like he's like, "Listen, Jalen, I need you to get in the booth." And I'll be like, "Okay." Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, me, six five. Wow, big guy. He, no, yeah, he's like he's eight foot nine. He's huge. Um, <laughs> but he hits his head on the way in. But um, uh, me and Jalen got in the booth, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, "Okay, here's your here's your script. Go ahead and play off of each other. See if I care." And so um, we played off each other. We had a fun. Me and Jalen had a lot of chemistry right off the bat. It was a lot yeah, of fun working yeah, off of him. Yeah. And um, he was like, you guys are doing voices that are like way out of your age range. This is really fun. And we were like, thank you, sir. And he said, um, uh, I'll never forget it. We were in the booth. We were looking at him through the glass. He was, mm-hmm. um, he was, in, he was in there and he was like, you guys should continue to collaborate. Make sure to stay close to each other. And I was like, yes, Batman. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and ever since, um, Jalen has uh, been super helpful in uh, telling me how not to be stupid. He smacks me around. <laughs> um, make sure that we're, um, we're on track with stuff. Uh, we did a lot of like uh, fan projects and back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now we do a lot more official stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helped me. Jalen's been super helpful to me, even like back in my amateur days, all the way to now when I do a lot more professional stuff. Um, and we still get to collaborate. We still once in a while get a project together and it's the best. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I think it's really cool that you guys are both in the process. That's kind of the key points that I'm looking at when I'm looking for talent to have on the podcast Mm -hmm. is it's much more valuable for me to get, uh, let's say a young lady who just is in her first or second year with a coffee shop, right? Because now I go, okay, what's going on? Oh, geez, you're using this type of machinery. Oh, oh, you're doing online orders. Oh, you're doing this, this, this versus the guy who started Starbucks, you know, 40 years ago. And Mm -hmm. he's like, this is how you build a successful coffee brand. And you're like, "Mm, not really, right? 
right? So sure. it's like, it's so cool that you guys are in the process right now and in that grind, in the trenches, sort of building up this amazing career right. that I see you guys are going to build. So right. my question is coming from obviously outside of this world, mm -hmm. what is, and there's no average roadmap. I totally get it. This is a weird creative right. thing. Right. Like, let's say if I was your aunt that was kind of doubting you right mm -hmm. now, what does this look like? Like, how can I tangibly understand, like, how do you, how do you take care of your family with this, right? Like, right. how does this work? Because a lot of people don't understand the fact that there's video games, there's mm -hmm. cartoons, there's, I'm sure you guys can name 10 other things, advertisements, yep. all yep. Of this. I want to hear about that just right. in a basic sense, because it sounds amazing. Right. Um. So voiceover, uh, people do, like the average person does fail to realize that every day you are hearing voiceover. You are. You know, when you turn on the radio, when you hear the, you know, this is a rallies voiceover. When you're hearing medical uh, stuff where you're, re where you, if you have blah, 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 yeah. you've probably are liable to sue. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's someone who's a voiceover artist. And I think the thing that people fail to realize is, you don't have to be pigeonholed in just one genre. Mm -hmm. Like, just because you do video games doesn't mean you can't do commercials, promos, narration. There's a lot you can do in this sphere. So to explain it to someone, I go like, how you could, you know, say support your family. Of course, at first, like every profession, everything regarding the arts or anything to that nature, you're not going to make money right away. You're not. But at the same time, if you are versatile and are able to traverse through these different genres, the money will, you know, over time will start coming in. This is coming from a person who uh, thought, okay, I can just do animation and video games. I'm now doing audiobooks. I just got into audio descriptions. I do commercials, video games, anime. So it, it's a spectrum most, most definitely. So to tell someone, hey, this is a profitable career, it's just more so based on the individual themselves. If you're coming in going like, I just want to do animations, I just want to do video games, you're limiting not just the income, but your growth as, a, as an artist because you're thinking from a perspective that is, okay, I just want to do this instead of, embracing that there's so much more you could do and not just that you'll have more eyes on you so if i'm a casting director i'll sit there i go like man we need somebody for this commercial spot hey what's that one kid that did that uh that spot last year oh Jalen. all right let's get let's get him over here yeah. or you know who's that guy who did that that video game but then also did the promo for the video game nathan yeah let's get, get him in here we can we can call him in and it just allow it allows you more opportunities and it gives you more to do. So to the naysayers, I'd say, if you put enough time into this craft, the, the rewards will be more exorbitant. But if you limit yourself to one thing, you're, it's going to be hard to prove not just to others, but to yourself, this is what I can do full time. Yeah. You know. I like that. That's awesome. Is that similar to how you look at it? Oh yeah, I would completely agree. Um, diversify yourself, uh, do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, don't pigeonhole yourself. A lot of, um, even like very, very famous people, uh, mm -hmm. voice actors that you would know, like household names, yep. a lot of them um, do stuff outside of just straight up voice acting. They'll voice, you know, amazing cartoon characters that we all love, but then they'll do, oh, I do coaching on the side, or oh, I help with audio engineering, or oh, I help write for anime. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that um, is really, really big in making sure that that supplemental income 
Um, it was really big for making sure you can do an artistic career. And in my opinion, I kind of, well, I would love to be able to do uh, cartoons full time. All of that stuff really, um, it all has a cumulative, a cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing those audiobooks, those commercials, mm-hmm. you're working on your diction, you're working on your relatability, you're working on your <laughs> natural. Working on re- that diction. I'm working on that diction, baby. <laughs> all right. Agents love me for my diction. Anyway, um, you're working on all that stuff, and those skills translate fantastically to a commercial. When you're working on your writing, um, you're learning the empathy, you're finding love in each scene, um, you're creating something that people connect to, and that's exactly what you want to do when you're acting. It all feeds into itself, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's really fun and beautiful about it. Dude, that's awesome. I and like addiction. I love hearing that because that's so similar to like the work that I do is I don't just do one type of thing. I do anything related to money, like whatever the mm. fuck you want to do. I'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. If you want taxes. Yeah. All right. Let's figure that out. Right. You invest it. All right. Let's figure that out. So it's really cool because that's how my brain works is similar to how your guys's is and just mm. getting it to where like the work that I do, everybody understands like because everybody has a wallet in your pocket. So sure. it's like just tweaking that. Not mm. everybody sees the behind the scenes of what you guys do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's so cool. I mean, to kind of pull that curtain back and be like, no, 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 you want to be able to do as many things as possible. You're allowed, you're encouraged. It's actually mm-hmm. mandatory probably to do as many things as possible. So mm-hmm. it's like, I want to hear what are some of the things, your favorite things to do maybe to where like, if you were in charge of everything and you know, you just rode, what would you be doing all of 2024 mm-hmm. if you knew like, oh yeah, I was in charge of this. Mm. Hmm. Or is that asking, like, what's your favorite kind of pizza? You're like, I like bacon. I like pepperoni. You know what I mean? It's one of those questions where it's like, for me, as as a voiceover artist, like, through time, my favorites have changed. And at the same time, it's kind of hard to pick, like, just one if I was just running it. Just because each one has made me a better artist in in, in retrospect. Um, Like, when I got into audiobooks... And I, and I say this, when I got into audiobooks, that helped, I'd say, more so with my acting. And I love audiobooks. Let's just go on that right. for a second. Yeah. I didn't even really think about the guy that's like really doing the audiobooks because right. I listen to him every day, right? And sometimes mm. it's the author, but I get it. Like sometimes the author's trash at like saying their thing <laughs> most of the time, right? So it's super cool because like me, I have movement. I'm right. sure very, I know you, just textbook ADHD, bouncing off the walls. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was the same thing. I just didn't get into theater. They just said, hey, go hit people and run them over, and you'll get really good at that, and that's what I decided to do. So it's like sitting down with a book. I can do it. It's a developed talent, but if I can go walk right. the dog and listen to a chapter, right. if I can go on a run, oh, it's money. I consumed everything. So 100%. it's like I just get vicious with reading those books when you right. can listen to them. So it's just so awesome to be right. like listening to you. Of course, and with audiobooks, you know, especially with the ones I do, I'm literally the narrator, the characters, all of that. So to to tap into that, that kind of helped me go into a world where I can go like, okay, if I'm the person, the outsider, what am I listening to? Like you have to create a whole world for these people to understand. Because they're not, it's not like a cartoon or a video game where it's visual media and you can see it and it's moving and it's a, it's more so they're hearing you with just their ears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of low with, with people's like attention spans. You kind of have to go like, okay, if I'm a listener, what do I want to hear? Like if I'm hearing action and scenes, I want, I expect the reader to be, to be getting into it. So, um, you know, that was fun. When I got into audio descriptions, that is an interesting thing. I cannot lie. 
Um, because it's another thing that we don't really pay attention to all that much. And it's an industry that exists. Like when you go and turn on subtitles onto your TV, there's another one where someone is describing exactly what's happening in the scene. And I was like, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. And you would never know in a million years, people would never guess, oh, that's something I can get paid. Yes. It's a part of voiceover. Video games, I... I I delved into video games last year when I got to play 19 different characters in one video game. I do not advise most people to do that. That's that was, cool though. Yeah. I I'm not going to lie. Recording That's a workout. That, yeah, recording all of that in one day. Huh. Um especially it was a story-based video game like dialogue trees and choices. I was like, "Oh god." <laughs> shout out shout out to Event Horizon. They're very great, very awesome people. But um yeah, to, to kind of, you know, sum it all up, each one gave me a different insight into how to become a better artist uh in the realm of voiceover because at the same time, you know, we're storytellers. So anything we do we're guiding the audience into mm -hmm. a world they, you know, they never thought, whether it be an audiobook, a video game. You're along for the ride, and it's our job to sit there and go like, okay, what if this person was an actual person in the real world? What would they be like? What would they think? What would be the ideologies? How, how do they interact with, you know, so-and-so? How would they, you know, feel, cry, all that stuff? And by doing that, that's what, that's my favorite part of voiceover. I'm not just, I, I'm quoting Deborah Wilson on this one. Deborah Wilson, a uh, great voice actress. She's in uh, Star Wars, uh, Fallen Order. She's Sir Junda. She's, you know. I think I've heard of those, maybe yeah. just a little bit. She's Amanda, Wall <laughs> She's Amanda Waller in the new Suicide Squad video game. Oh, cool. Um, and she, you know, uh, she was uh, talking the other night and she said, you know, she's not, she doesn't just consider herself a voice actor, she considers herself a storyteller. Yeah, because at the end of the day, she goes like, "We're storytellers, just like our ancestors. Our ancestors told stories, and uh, they didn't. You know, that was before voice acting. So we're just doing what our ancestors did. However, we're doing it in a way where we're bringing a mass audience instead of just the village. Everybody gets to hear what we got to say, and you know that's what I enjoy about about voiceovers. So that's why it's hard to you know just pick one for me. I love that. I want to talk about storytelling because i got somewhere to go with that because as mm -hmm. far as like forcing medicine down people's throat mm -hmm. i i don't do that i don't consume anything that way i don't think the average human is with that right school for example like i hated school just because they were like do your homework fucking study la 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 and i'm like i'm not a farm animal like don't <laughs> don't treat me like that right and then right. it just ends up that way so no matter what you do i think just in business it's really mm -hmm. cool because yeah storytelling makes sense right mm -hmm. but i think the average person needs to kind of shift their mindset to go like no it doesn't matter if you're selling flip-flops right at mm -hmm. the end of the day if you're opening up some flip-flop boutique or whatever flippity flops on second street or whatever you want to call it i'd invest <laughs> we'll get that started after the episode then but jalen can do the voiceover it'll be perfect oh yeah i'm with Flippity flop blue boutique yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> my point is you have to tell a story with everything you do mm. right to where i hey you like going to the beach right mm -hmm. yeah get, what, what are you wearing to go to the beach vans what converse what to mm. go to the beach no mm -hmm. man you want to feel the sand you want your toes out right didn't mm -hmm. you your girl right she got a pedicure you're gonna cover your pedicure up right so it's like you got to tell a story yep. and it's so 
cool that you guys are the best at doing it, but like the average person, mm -hmm. although they might not be pursuing voice acting, if they're yeah. selling flip-flops, let's say, or you're that's what you're interested in, candles, I don't give a fuck what it is, right. coffee, like we talked about earlier, you mm -hmm. gotta be like, do you like being tired? You know what I mean? Well, mm -hmm. here, let me tell you the story about, you know, this coffee that's gonna help you get right. through your day right. at a better rate. So mm -hmm. it's really cool to hear about that. And I just... I love storytelling. That's that's my shit. That was amazing, by the way. You came up with like this really cool <laughs> advertising pitch for Flippity Flop, and now I'm mad that you're not selling flip flops. You're like, I do want my toes to feel the sand. You're so right. Exactly, man. We'll get into that, but that's you know the over a hundred episodes, man. We got some experience on the podcast. Yeah. Right? Fair that's enough. That's what we're doing, right? So I want to talk about cartoons. What okay. are your guys' favorite cartoon? We're gonna take a pause. I'm gonna beat the dog, and oh then and then we're gonna be. So we'll be right back. All right. <laughs> There, we're back, so, everybody. So we were talking about cartoons, yes. and um, yeah, that dog though, he's something else. He's got a switch on him that, like, when you we basically the way I explain it to people is like, just don't let the genie out the bottle. Like, he's mm. totally cool. You rub that fucking lamp the wrong way, and it's a big problem. Like, he we try to explain it like he'll fight somebody for me, right? Like, he's a really good dog. He'll go out there and whoop some ass, but when he's with Hannah. And he flips that switch. It's like a you got to put him down. If it's if you let the genie out the bottle, he's like surgical with it. He it's poetic the way he gets out there. And oh, wow. if you guys want to see it, well, we can turn him on. I got some sleeves in the back, some military stuff. But oh my like, gosh. If you've ever seen a dog get out there and really like you can see because. I, I try to explain to people, everybody has a plan when you get attacked by like a dog like that. So if mm -hmm. you're, let's say you're running from the cops, right? And there's a German shepherd, a German shepherd will chase you like two blocks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you know, you might be able to get away. If they have Belgian Melanois, like that's your ass. Just lay the fuck really? down, call it because he'll chase you all the way to Sacramento. Like he's wow. not, it's, if I gave you the keys to a Ferrari, right? You'd be like, I drove here. I could drive a Ferrari. That's like a German shepherd, like a high working German shepherd, like a Ferrari. If I gave you the keys to a fighter jet, you'd be like i don't even know where to put the key at like <laughs> fuck am i flying to right now that's how he is because when i when i turn him on and he just starts going and you like get him on that sleeve you go like oh he's gonna take the tendons out like he's he does things with his fast twitch muscles that your brain doesn't process so there's things to where like if i didn't have him since he was a little puppy he does certain things where i'm like that would be scary. Like, <laughs> like I wouldn't want to mess with that. But yeah, he would get your arm and you think like, oh yeah, I'm going to fuck him up here. He's already switched to here. And then you're mm. like, oh, I, well, I have this arm. I'm going to try to choke him out. He's wiggled it out. And God willing, if he gets to that throat, that's, you know what I that's mean? It. He's he's tearing the hamstring off the bone. It's amazing. I love Sheesh, that little monster. But over. as far as podcasting, he's terrible. <laughs> but like, <laughs> if you need him, like somebody's breaking into the house or something like that, he does not play that at all. Like he loves his house if anyone comes in without him checking id or like seeing what's going on that's Protective. the deal but anyways don't get one of those dogs guys okay. stick to like a german <laughs> shepherd if that's what you want because you got to be at a high level cartoons is what we were talking about what are some of your guys's favorite cartoons growing up because you already talked about avatar you yes. know the last airbender yes fire i i never really got into anime but like i guess mm. some people say it is some people say it isn't or whatever but like i like it it's right. fire it's it, in my opinion it's a perfect mix okay and the reason why is because and i watched this when it because it came out in, i believe in 2005 that was the i movie. remember when we were kids yeah right mm -hmm. and um the thing that i think avatar did that separated itself from most cartoons at that time was it managed to go deep with its storytelling without feeling like it was treating its audience like dummies. 
Like oh. they knew they had, you know, not just kids watching. They knew adults would, you know, come in and watch. And every time I, re I rewatch it and, you know, guys, if you want to watch a cartoon that's dynamic, that has great storytelling, great voice acting, great scenes, watch that show. If you want to get into voice acting, look at that as a, as a, a literal, like, template. And, um, but it was one, of, it was one of my favorites growing up because it was just like, there was never a dull moment with the, with it at all. Like they dealt with death in a, in a very great way. They dealt with, you know, war and all this other stuff, things you weren't seeing in these types of cartoons. Cause everything else was more like, you know, wacky slapstick, mm -hmm. uh, one off episode. This would take a whole storyline, extend it for five episodes and then sit there and you go like. Damn. Yeah. I remember that was one of the shows growing up that like my dad would watch with me. Mm -hmm. and, like that was the only cartoon where That's the best. Yeah, like if he's like SpongeBob, he's like, nah, turn that shit off. I wanna watch that. But <laughs> I put on Adfire and he'd be like, Okay, like, that's cool. It was either that or football, right? And as a mm. kid, you're like, I wanna watch football. Like, you know, mm. when your dad puts on football, you're like, fuck, come on, man. Like put some <laughs> cartoons on. So but Avatar was always a good one. Well, you got what about you? Oh, um, uh, I think Jalen will agree with me. Um, I grew up uh, watching a whole lot of Boomerang, so a lot of uh, mm -hmm. classic cartoons. I really like Johnny Bravo. I think the voice acting in that show is so funny. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, a lot of uh, early Hanna-Barbera stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I like Yogi Bear and uh, Fred Flintstone. Those are a lot of classics. And what I like about those is that um, the way Hanna-Barbera did their cartoons, the animation was often very limited. Um, they would do a lot of recycled animations. Um, it, it was very economical uh, mm -hmm. style of cartoon. Um, but the way they would sell it is in a lot of their uh, writing and vocal performances. Um, since they wouldn't go like super crazy with the animation, they they uh, they did the scrolling backgrounds where they would keep running and then the backgrounds yeah. would repeat because it would save money. That makes sense. Uh, and so they would have to invest a lot into um, just these really unique characters, and those you know went on to be icons, the Scooby Doo crew and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Super iconic. Space Ghost is super iconic. Mm. Um, it, but it had to come down to the vocal performances and the characters. And because of that, a lot of them are based off of like old comedians. But mm. a lot of those vocal performances are incredibly charismatic and fun and classic. And they translate super well to everybody. Yep. People are still doing impressions of those characters. They still love them and like yeah. find them funny. I'm about to say Eric Bowser. A uh, great voice actor. He is doing the Looney Tunes voices. Mm. Oh, I love Looney Tunes. And the original was Mel Blanc, and he was a he was a well known guy. He did all the, he did Daffy, Bugs, Yosemite Sam, Foghorn mm -hmm. You could name it. And right now, Eric Bowser, you know, he's doing it, and he's not just doing Looney Tunes. He's like the double for Antonio Banderas for Puss in Boots. Like, oh, that's dope. Like, and that's all a, over. And that's and that's the crazy thing about not even just animation, but just voiceover in general. You could just, you know, you could do one voice that leads to another voice, and you know, it's a lot because in this business, it's a lot about self discovery. You know, one day you can do, uh, you can do uh, maybe a little bit of New York. You know what are you doing? <laughs> or you, you know, uh, the boss wants you. Exactly. Or sometimes, you know, you you jump into a little bit of, you know, some British. How are you doing? Yes. Uh, very posh, if you will. And, um, but yeah, no, like these cartoons stand the test of time. And no wonder how many years have passed. We're still getting Scooby-Doo. We're still yeah. getting Ninja mm -hmm. Turtles. We're still getting Looney Tunes. And yes, they're being reimagined. But however, it goes to show that if you have a great concept, a great idea... It can transcend time. How many times have we seen Batman and Ninja Turtles? Yeah. And every single time it's just like, 
They're still awesome. Kids still love Batman and Ninja Turtles. I still love Batman and Ninja right. Turtles, you know? Those ideas yeah. translate. Right. And it was crazy, too, that you were talking about back to earlier this conversation. You were talking about, like, every day you hear some sort of voice acting work. Like, oh, as an 100%. adult, as an ad- every day, multiple times, probably like a dozen, right? Right. But those molding years of a child, too, is so important, too, oh, to where 100%. if you can tap into that, right? Everybody had a childhood. No yep. matter, it doesn't matter if you were in some war-turn Syria. I guarantee you had <laughs> Tom and Jerry or something at some point to be like relatable with right right? you know so i think it's the cool part is like you think about the simpsons that's where i kind of learned that one per i thought it was like every character did just like real acting like i thought it was only one you get this you get that you get that Mm -mm. and then i started seeing like the one lady that does like 15 of everybody and i was like oh i had no idea that's how it was so it's just so cool that you have more opportunities as a voice actor than you do as a regular actor but you would think like oh Mm -hmm. you're doing that little voice acting thing over there like Mm -hmm. you know oh let me poo poo that for a second and it's just not realistic like that's just not how it is it's so cool no whenever you get a uh you're talking about like simpsons having uh one actor playing a ton of characters you have like nancy cartwright or uh hank azaria goodness um legends amazing talent uh and one of those uh, one of the ways i was inspired by those actors um because they play so many characters a lot of their characters will interact with themselves that is the funnest thing to do in voiceover ever. Whenever oh, you get cool. to argue with yourself or whenever you get to fall in love with yourself or whenever you get mm-hmm. to fight yourself, mm-hmm. that is so fun. Whenever you could be like, listen up, kid, we got to go. And it's like, I don't know about this one, boss. That's my favorite stuff. Back when I, um, back in the day I used to work for a studio, I used to mix um, uh, Jalen's demos, actually. Yep. And a lot of other demo reels. If you don't know, a demo reel is a minute of audio um, that a voice actor will use to advertise their voice. Oh, it's um, like a highlight tape for a football player then. Exactly. Got you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd just be like, he's like, hi, I'm Nathan, and here's the stuff I can do. And then uh, potential buyers will look at what you can do and be like, oh, I can do something like that. Yeah. Um, Jalen books off of those a lot. Yeah. No, his demos, he's the only one that I've gone to, uh, especially when we first started out. I knew he could mix, and so I went to him. The animation demo we made and the commercial demo we did both got me into the agency oh that's cool today because it was so well mixed and every other job i've booked they go like this demo sounds amazing I'm like yeah and i haven't gotten it remade or redone because it was just like you know these work hey these that book to me that sounds like a free dinner that's that's all i would say <laughs> you know, I need some, you know, I mean, maybe not a steak dinner but at least you know some burgers and fries or something right <laughs> that's, what I'm but, saying. that's you know, a little kickback you know when the cheddar starts rolling in oh yeah no 100 <laughs> i i claim a 50 percent stake in jalen's future career yeah, you know that makes sense you know <laughs> that's kind of those are that's slavery percentages right oh my there. gosh never mind that. that's that's oh really my gosh 50 you know, you know one to five percent i get it but goddamn, <laughs> like at that point i'm gonna go like sorry honey we can't afford a house i still owe 50 percent or no he just like puts a line right down it and he's like starts in the garage this exactly. is my half this hello Jalen. this part's mine <laughs> you're like i don't know we didn't order two moving trucks you know what i mean yeah. you're like what's going on that's funny though but you put in my stamp collection i think another thing i got written down is what i've noticed within just the little interactions i've had with your people your guys is like community right you guys don't ever turn it off 
it doesn't seem like it ever goes off, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are always doing like bits or having creative thoughts or mm-hmm. just doing things. And it was just one of those things where like I always go back to that jet ski thing because it was the funnest day. It was like I was a voice actor the whole day, but oh, yeah. they'd be on the back of the thing like doing these jokes, yeah, yeah, doing voices and things mm-hmm. like that. And then they got on the island and they were like doing this. I was like, oh, you guys are just creative all the time, huh? You just, it, which makes sense. Like you guys don't turn it off. That's just uh-huh. how you are. So. Right. What do you think? Oh, I love that stuff. No, um, Jalen knows uh, whenever we go out and we go to a meetup or like we'll mm-hmm. go to a bar or something like that and we'll meet up with voice actors. Yep. It's so fun. It's like it's like it talking to a bunch of cartoon characters. It is. That was one of the things I like dating uh, about dating a voice actress because mm-hmm. it's like dating a cartoon character. It's so funny. <laughs> it's it's the best. I, I love that sort of stuff. It's it's so fun. Yeah. No. Um... You know, like you said, we, we, as voice actors, we tend to be creative a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, I know, like, even if I'm watching a movie, animated movie, live action, doesn't matter. I'll listen to it and I'll go like, hmm, I like his voice. I wonder if I can do something like that. Oh, 100%. And, you know, and that's the beauty of being a creative. You know, you have this, it's like comedians, you know comedy with comedians they're able to turn anything into a joke yeah so for us it's just like if we hear a voice say if we're at the airport and we're just sitting there we're waiting and we hear this guy and he tends to have a nasally voice and he's over here and he's talking so like i don't know uh what was it was it gate four or gate five <laughs> Jill, are you talking about the guy that we, we, we were talking about when we went up to the beach the guy that was managing the gate exactly and you know all right you're gonna want to turn around right there yeah, that was right. so funny so you so us as voice actors we hear a voice and you know when we get into the booth or when we pull from because at the same time we're not just pulling from an arsenal of emotions we're pulling from an arsenal of experiences and arsenal of people we have seen and met. So when we hear these voices, creative juices start flowing and go like, okay, what if this guy was a 40 year old plumber, hmm. uh, lived in New York and kind of fought turtles, <laughs> you know, what if he just happens to, you know, meet a princess, meet a giant ape and, you know, they, they call him Donkey Kong. But, uh, you know, that's the beauty of it. So I, I think us being able, I think that's why we're wired that way. Like it's, it becomes easier for us when we get into the booth or when we're outside of the booth. It feels like playtime 100% of the time and it doesn't feel like a workload. Yeah. Um, which is beautiful because it's just like when you jump into the booth, you're like, I have this many ideas for this audition. Okay. You know, they give you the specs and you're just like, ooh, okay. What if I did this? What if I pulled from here? Okay, this guy's happy. What if I pulled from this friend that I know that has this energy? What if, you know, for the uh, very, you know, slapstick type of comedy, what if I gave him like a, like a, 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 a stutter, you know, to give, <laughs> to give him, you know, some life? Because at the same time, you know, as I said, we're storytellers. So we have to kind of do this thing where no matter what we do, we kind of have to make it make sense. To the audience member because they're going like oh yeah 
I could see this being a real person in everyday life, even if it's just a bumblebee who just, you know, talks the most crap and <laughs> likes to <laughs> likes to smoke a cigar and and sit and watch football. You know, is it's what's the beauty of, of us as creatives. And I think that's that's what makes us us essentially. I like that a lot. I want to hear about because when I first started this podcast, mm -hmm. I think due to a lack of practice, I didn't like the sound of my own voice. Right mm -hmm. now, I spend hours a day listening, probably just similar to you guys. Right. Where except I go long form to where I I have a really good representation in my brain of like what my voice sounds like because mm -hmm. I hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about that? When you first started, did you like the sound of your voice compared to now? Or like, how do you, what are your views on that? You want to go first? Go ahead. Oh, no, I think that's a great, um, I, I, it's very similar to your experience. When I start out, I'm like, ew, I sound nasally. Uh -huh. And I still do sound ew and nasally. Um, but you get a really, really good idea of what your voice, a lot of new people who are to voice actor, sorry, a lot of people new to voice acting will be like, oh, I really don't like the sound of my own voice. I don't like hearing myself perform. It makes me embarrassed, or I don't like that. Um, and I get it. That can be kind of a hard thing to get over. But I think eventually you get used to it. Eventually you grow to can enjoy it or be like, oh, okay, here's what I sound like. Oh, so if I do this inflection or if I do this inflection, you get very intimate knowledge of what your own voice sounds like. And once you have that intimate knowledge, you're able to be confident in how you can change it and how you can make yourself sound more intense or less intense oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's what I would say. Jalen, what do you think? My, I, I, I agree. My, my same experience was when I first heard my voice, I'd cringe. <laughs> I go like, oh goodness, is this how I sound on a microphone? Um, but I, like Nathan said, to go off of that, it, it's true. Like when you start off, you don't, you know, you don't like the sound of your own voice. And it, and it's because you're, you know, you're listening from this perspective that is very just like negative yeah i wonder if it's like an instinctual thing mm -hmm. that's kind of deep in oh, there yeah. too and it and it doesn't just happen with voice actors podcasters it happens with singers it happens with anybody that does like a uh, vocal performance because it's just like you are naturally going to default to this sounds horrible this sounds bad but someone else could go like dude you sound fantastic mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where even as a voice actor you have to unlearn that habit because 90%, 100% of the time, when you're sending auditions, when you're recording stuff, you have to listen back. Yeah. Because your client, you know, like for audiobooks or stuff, if your client, when they hear it, they're going to go like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. But you have to check it to go like, okay, was there a lip smack there? Was there, <laughs> was there a tongue click? Was there a heavy breath? Like, there's stuff you gotta look into. And with that, I tell, I would say this to anybody who's like getting into this or trying to understand it: you're going to hate your voice the first time you record. However, if you keep doing it and you keep going on about it the less and less you're going to worry about how you sound and you're going to focus more on the performance than the voice itself. Mm. Because at the end of the day, the performance is more important than the voice because in this business, it's voice acting. Yeah. So you have to focus on the acting bit and people are not going to go like, oh God, his voice sounded so nasally. Well, they're going to go like, wow, this dude performed his ass off. This is how it's supposed to sound. And it'll, it'll build up confidence because you'll be able to go like, okay, I can do this. If I need to sound like a dragon, I can sound like a dragon. If I want to sound like, a, like this, I can sound like this. And at the drop of a hat, it will be secondhand nature to wear. What the hell does a dragon sound like, guys? Oh, God. Jalen, go ahead. The amount of time, in my opinion, okay, have you seen The Hobbit? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember Benedict Cumberbatch's smog? Yeah. 
So whenever I think of a dragon, because, you know, they're big creatures. Funny enough, it's literally on my demo. Ready, Jalen? Yeah. Oh, dragon, you've slain my village. I must smite thee. So you come to my domain, human. You will die. (sighs) Not if I smite thee first. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. I I saw the dragon. So, yeah, that's the. And the thing about it is, like, I had to. It took time for me to get over, you know hearing my voice and going like okay it's not as bad as i think it is mm-hmm. and you know i was just like okay i kept going i kept going i kept going kept going and then i was like hmm, i don't sound bad i can do this and yeah. you know it's a more of a build confidence type of thing just I like, like the rest of this business and that's the best part i'll let you get into it too but it's like i say so many things on this show i really only have like five or six pillars of truth right but the weird part how we do a hundred episodes is Mm -hmm. getting different people's voices and perspectives just like a coach right Right. to where i could tell you hey run this uh play this way run the play run the play run the play and then you don't get it but yet the assistant coach will be like run it this way whoop-de-whoop instead of skiddy-doop you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and then all of a sudden you're like oh that works so it's so cool that this podcast has grown into basically just yeah repetition it doesn't matter back to the flip-flop thing right the first time you try to sell some flip-flop it's gonna be shitty but Mm -hmm. the hundredth time yep Starts to get a little smooth, right? Oh, yeah. I want to get into writing. That's what I want to hear about. Mm. Obviously, you um, have many talents, so I've heard, right? And so I'm seeing, getting to know you more, and what Brenna has told me from you is you definitely like to dabble into the creative way of building, not just voice acting, but obviously creating the worlds that people can now live within, within your art. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Um uh, for writing stuff, um, that's something that I've loved doing for a long time. Um, I'm currently uh, going to school for it. Um, uh, one of my scripts is being scouted to be a part of a pitch packet, a feature film script. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they get it, it'll be sent out to uh, agencies and, and people like that, uh, producers and the like. Um, uh, but I've been doing that uh, for years. Um, but as you talked about with the repetition, um, no matter what your field is, no matter if it's creative or if it's business or if it's athletic, whatever it is, if you do something a million times, eventually you'll get better at it. You can't do something a hundred times and not get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I get that. A lot of it, a lot of it is a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with writing, like I've been doing that for years, but, um, uh, recently I, I got to sell my first script uh, to a producer. Congrats. That's a big deal, man. It was a horror thing. It was very mm-hmm. scary. Listen to Cabin Tales when you get a chance. That's <laughs> where my script is. Series. Oh, thank you, Jalen. He's only saying that because he's in it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, what do you want to know? I love doing it. It's fun. I want to know, everybody has a different writing process, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things I would say my just due to, 100% a lack of practice. Dang, it's kind of raining hard. You'll see yes, that. It is. We've got Ooh. some background noise. Um, a little bit of ASMR. Indeed. My biggest issue with school, for example, and we can talk about childhoods, you know, here later in the episode, right. but was the fact that there was only one way to submit mm. projects mm. was you got to write that paper on Google Docs, do this mm. and this mm. and this. But I said, hey, I have microphones in my house, let's say. Can I maybe just do like five minutes on the microphone and then you listen to it for five minutes on the Hoover Dam or whatever the fuck the mm-hmm. project is? And could I possibly get graded that way? 
no, you got to write a five page essay. And I'm like, that's, mm. I don't like writing. I get bored. Right. However, my biggest revelation was I had a mentor a couple years ago, right before COVID. He was an author, right? And he was like, a, he, he, his biggest thing was like, you got to write, you got to write, you got to journal, you got to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were sitting at dinner and he was like, I asked him, hey, why do you want to be such a good writer, right? And then he came to me so aggressive and like just out of dinner. And he was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a good writer. I want to be a master of thought. Like that's what I want to do is I want to be a powerful thinker. And I was like, bars, first of all. Like that's pretty cool. But that's where I go like, oh, yeah, writing isn't about writing. It is seriously about, you know, sort of mastering thought, being a strong thinker. And that's what the podcast is for me. And that's why Mm. I do it selfishly is because I get better in different industries. I get to learn things. I get to meet all some people like yourselves right. however i get to think about things right now yeah. when i'm watching the all-state commercial i go like oh yeah a guy did do that right what else is he in maybe and i get to kind of look at other things and it just mm-hmm. becomes this web so it's so cool do you ever think about it like that is what does the writing mean to you oh absolutely um i, I tend to feel it the way you're talking about where um uh, you feel like there's a lot of different ways to do one uh, to do one thing. Um, there's a lot of different ways to explore an idea, to to play with a thought. Um, and uh, while I have my own process, I, I know that that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Some mm-hmm. people are a lot more freeform. Some people just start and they're like, "I'll figure it out as I'm going." And for them, that works. They're amazing at it. How do you do it? For me, it's a lot of research. Um, I think even the weirdest, most fictional ideas need to have some sort of basis in either personal experience, in art, in history, in understanding. Um, the, um, the current script I'm writing is a feature film script. Um, it's a really bizarre comedy script. It's called Swedish Monkey Heist. <laughs> um, it's, it's a heightened comedy script. However, yeah. um, in doing this... Um, and it's, I would not say it's a super realistic story, mm-hmm. but in doing it, I made sure to research um, art heists and animal heists. And, oh, what happens? Is there an exotic animal trade? How do they do that? How much does an animal usually go for? What do the most successful people who do art heists, how do they do it? How do they get away with it? There, dude, there is such a weird epidemic of like some of the most successful art heists are so dumb. Mm-hmm. They will be people who just walk in and they're like, all right, the security cameras not doesn't happen to be looking at me at this moment. They'll just take it like they know what they're doing and walk out in the middle of the day during business hours. It's not some Ocean's Eleven with like laser beams yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> and that stuff is fascinating to me. Mm. Um, when I was writing for Cabin Tales, mm-hmm. uh, it's a horror um, podcast series. Yep. I was writing about a fictional idea, um, but in doing so, I started looking at the geography of Western Texas and I looked at um, weather maps. I started looking at, like, how do people react in a crisis? What usually comes on the news first? Um, is it a slow buildup? How many days does it take before there's a giant storm coming at you? All that research, all that fun learning about the world makes your script so much richer. Because I think you can tell when you're watching a movie or a piece of fiction, mm-hmm. you can tell when that person kind of knows what they're talking about or, like, has experienced something like it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it comes from personal experience or understanding the world, it's, for me, it's just do a whole ton of research and then I get to writing it, and I plan it out, and I have a lot of fun with it. Oh, that's awesome. So you're a really big preparation guy. Yeah, for me, yeah. I like that a lot. That's really cool. How are you? Do you ever do any writing, anything like that, or you just appreciate the I, guys who do I it? I do. So I do dabble into writing. I don't, like, I don't go to school for it like Nate does. I took a script writing course and everything like that. Me, it's more so... Grab that aux cord and put it on the other side. Right now it's going... Yeah, there you go. Like, okay. like the way um, the way I go about it is sometimes I literally just get inspired while watching something, mm. and then I'll just pull pull out my laptop or pull out whatever, and I'll just start typing. 
That's the best part, I think, right there. I, I've noticed a lot of people don't do that, guys. I've been studying. The biggest thing about this podcast is just studying human behavior. Mm-hmm. Sure. You and I, all three of us, have the steps to where we go, huh, okay. Now, step three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. There's some people out there that just kind of stay at step one and two. And then they mm-hmm. never. I'm like, wait, no, you had an idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but I forgot it. Well, why don't you write it down? You got a yeah. fucking mm-hmm. notepad right on your thing. And then you get it to the notepad. You bring it to here. Build mm-hmm. on that. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. fucking common sense. Why didn't you think of that? What do you mm. mean? So it's just I, really cool. Right. Keep, keep giving and, me more. And I, um, I mean, there was one time where I was watching uh, a, a good series by uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Troll Hunters. And he created a whole like universe for it. And what ended up happening was I got so inspired. I just grabbed my laptop and I was typing for about two, three hours. Oh, really? Of just a story that I knew I wanted to tell. Um, and then it just, it sparked open like more stuff. Like the more I, I engage in this media, the more, and you know, that's not just from a voice actress perspective, but it's also from, you know, just the creative perspective. When I see certain things, I go like, huh, hmm, what if I did this or what if I tried that? And you know, yeah, like the way I write, I'm literally editing while I'm typing. Like I'll go like, well, if I'm typing like a dialogue, I'll go like, uh, da, 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 and I'm like, no, nah, what if I did it? Da, 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 da. Mm, okay, that works better. Uh, what if he, instead of he runs, he jumps and goes like 30 feet, and then you know, it creates a portal and creates a whole underbelly of like, like, and I, and you know, there's sometimes where I go, like, there are stories that I have that I go that I think, you know, if I would make it, I could. I've told Nathan there's stories that I would love to do mm-hmm. um, and stories that I, I feel like, you know, we we need more of because, uh, I mean, we're in an age where, you know, we have superheroes, we have, you know, detective movies, we have, you know, romantic comedies every now and again. And, you know, it, it's just sometimes I wish we had more stuff like, you know, I loved Soul. Soul is one of my favorite movies. I love Soul. Um, reason being is, I go like, if we had more movies like that, it, it, it would be fine. Because it seems like every other, what's the word? Every other year, the, there's only a couple genres we say, oh, we're going to go watch. Nine times out of ten, it's going like, oh, I'm going to go catch the next Marvel movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go watch this new, this new DC, what's going on? I'm going to uh, catch... Uh, what is it? I'm going to catch this this new romantic comedy with maybe with Jennifer Lawrence and maybe I'll catch Kong and Godzilla. And, and it's just sometimes I go like, what if we just do a film where it doesn't have to be so grandiose? No, no shade or, or anything towards them. I'm just like, there's a bunch of stories that we have left to tell. Yeah. And I think if we tap more into those, that way we have a balance. That way it's not just, oh, I gotta catch, uh, you know, Iron Man forty five. <laughs> uh, I gotta catch the next Avengers eighty six. Iron Manning. Exactly. Like I think, and that's why I appreciate Nathan not just as a creative but as an artist because when he wrote Cabin, a uh, thing for Cabin Tales, I was like, Good Lord, you guys know how to write. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that's why I feel like in, in in this case, Nathan is one of those where I go like. He's going to reach the level of 
man, you know, the, the, the creme de la creme of like maybe horror writers, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have Jordan Peele, we have all that stuff, but this dude, the way he writes, I go like, how do you come up with this type of thing? Mm -hmm. Lots of drugs. And, And he'll just, and he works a mile a minute and, you know, it's just interesting to see. And I think if we fo- if we focus more so on more stories to tell, I think I think quite honestly we'd have a more balanced uh, thing with movies, TV shows, all that. I think the what you're touching on right now is just awesome because the kind of like decentralization of the gatekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. As far as for creatives and having everybody you're your own business, you're your own business, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're able to really bring your art and your work to the market, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and let the market decide whether you're talented or not right. is such a cool opportunity that you guys have because yeah. it's something that doesn't really have a roadmap. Like the shit I do has a roadmap. Mm-hmm. I got a guy that's been doing it for mm-hmm. 50 years, makes a shit ton of money, right? Has mm-hmm. a whole lot of people. I go, right. oh, what did you do? Okay, let me just... Let me tailor that a little bit for 2024 and everything still works. Math is math, right? Like right. it's not rocket science, right. right? So it's so awesome and beautiful that you guys have the opportunity to really create whatever it is that you want and mm-hmm. actually obtain control over that and mm-hmm. really just push it out. It's just a beautiful thing, guys. It's so cool. What I want to kind of hear about is sort of your mindset mm-hmm. with kind of the concept of time, what your time horizons are, because we're all so very young and early in our careers. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful opportunity because mm-hmm. like last week I had these guys who opened up a barber shop, right? They're okay. in, I think they were, let's say mid, early 30s to mid 30s. Let me yell at the dog one more time, and I'll get into the barbershop story after that, because I'm going somewhere with it. Perfect. He's cooking. Okay, back to my recording. Hold on. Yep. Back to that barbershop thing. Yeah. The opportunity that we have when you're able to truly identify it is these guys who I had on. Shout out to LA Barbershop, right? They worked for, I think, 10 to 20 years, something like that, you know, going, doing their thing. And then into their kind of, not middle ages, but like later in their adult, they're not young men anymore. They're established, you know, grown men. They decided to branch off and start a barbershop. It's a really successful barbershop down in LA. Mm -hmm. However, they had kids when they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So the, basically the conversation that we were having was like, Hey, how do you make the leap from like an employee having the security of, you know, with your family to now being like, shit, I'm off on my own and I have big responsibilities. The cool part is not, you you have any kids? No. Yeah. You you ain't got any kids, right? We don't have those major obstacles. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it may feel like it, right? But Mm -hmm. however, when you're able to utilize the tools of like, hey, I have time, right? I could Mm -hmm. literally just piss off for 10 years and I'd only be like 33 or 34. Right. When, But imagine what I could do with those 10 years. It's really cool to, it's like where your guys' mindsets as far as understanding, Mm -hmm. hey, you just got to walk that path, right? And if you're Mm -hmm. really intentional with what you're doing, by the time kids come, all Mm -hmm. that stuff comes, you Mm -hmm. should have the foundation laid Mm -hmm. to be able to continue to build so that this creative, weird, abstract idea, Mm -hmm. actually we have, you know, the household and the things that everybody needs to where you can have the both things of the family and still do your creative work right how do you guys think about that you want to you want to take it first or you want oh no you you probably have a much more optimistic thing so i I mean when i went into this you know of course with all the fun and everything are you in a relationship right now currently no oh solo dolo gotcha yeah 
So, um, one said he's the, married to the church. <laughs> oh, you're funny. So one of the things that I, I definitely said going into this was, I want to solidify myself before I think about, you know, the kids, the, the family, all that other stuff. Because, you know, it, this career, and, and it's not, it is not to say that you can't do it even when you have kids. It's just, like you said, it's a, when you're young and you can get it done, because you have an exorbitant amount of time. Uh, a good prime example, I got up at 3 o'clock this morning. And I was recording nothing but audio, like 10 audiobook episodes till like 6 or 7 o'clock this morning. Yeah. And the beauty of being full-time, the beauty of having that time is I get to spend more time doing my craft while everyone is out of the house and it's just me and my dog. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because of how young we are doing this... It allows us to set a, like you said, set a foundation. So when we want to get those big steps, we're not already, we're not trying to figure it out. We already go like, well, we planned ahead for this. We already knew this was going to go on. Oh, it's not like two things at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I said, to those who are doing it, I applaud you. It's a, not an easy thing to do. Um, and when you're just, when you're like, you know, very young and you're going into this, you go like, you realize, okay, A, I have to work very hard. B, I have to be able to manage everything and have time management. C, I have to be able to, you know, have that confidence in myself and go like, this is my business. Mm. I am the brand. Yeah. I have to push myself even on the days when I don't feel like doing it. If I don't, I, sometimes I don't feel like recording 15 episodes of an audiobook, but at the same time I go like, that's the check. You gotta, you yeah. know, you gotta get up and mm -hmm. do it. So, you know, I'm. I say I am lucky enough to do what I do at 23, because I know when I, when I'm at 40, I will look back and go like, damn, I'm glad I started at the time I did. And I'm, and the the time, the thing with me with time is right now, you know, I did the part of going full time. I'm with one of the biggest agencies. I'm doing I'm doing what I want to do. Where I want to go from there is I may want to go into voice direction. I may want to do into casting. I may want to even go into like, you know, writing. And I'll have that free space to do that because I already solidified myself into the part that I wanted to be in, which was, okay, I established myself as a voice actor. What now? And yeah. that just opens more possibilities in the end goal, which will then just go like damn by that by the time everything ends like all of us human beings do i'll be able to say okay i was able to do this 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 i got to chase my dreams essentially definitely instead of wondering what if i did this i just you just go for it so i mean for anybody who's who's wondering you know especially when they're young well i don't think i can do this yes you can you yeah. definitely can. And with our generation, we have proven that you can do this at a young age and not have to, you don't have to sit there and work a nine to five for 15 years. I worked one for three mm -hmm. and I managed to make it work. As long as you're dedicated to what you're about and you're about your business and you know what you want to do with it, then the opportunities are endless. It's up to you to get up. You're doing, if you get up and do your thing, you're doing more than the person who's sitting on the couch wondering how they're going to do it. Yeah. 
I like that right there. That's it. I'm going to touch on that what if, and then I'm going to let you get into it. But that's the thing that I think about. And Hannah will ask me like, you know, hey, what separates you from like the next guy? Or what? why do you think you operate at the level that you do? And I go, mm-hmm. I don't like what ifs. I really don't. Like, I'd rather get a no than a what if. Mm-hmm. Just like when I'm sitting, how I met Hannah was, hey, look at this gorgeous girl over there, right? Am I going to be the guy that sits here and goes, oh, she's probably got a boyfriend. Or like, I don't want her to say no or this and that. Aww. I go, mm-hmm. what if she says yes, right? And then, mm-hmm. hey, what if we start building something that's like a seven-year relationship? And then what happens if we get a nice little condo on the beach? And what happens if we get a crazy little dog? And then what happens if we start our career and we graduate from school and we start building things mm-hmm. and a foundation gets laid? What happens if we start traveling? the world and we go to Europe and I get to see fucking Sweden and all these other spots that we go to right Mm -hmm. and then it gets to the point now where hey guess what I've built up this firm or practice to where I don't need money guys I like old pickup trucks and dogs I don't need 10 million dollars let's say right (laughs) Right. now however when I do get that what happens what are you going to do with that oh we're going to open up a voice acting school we're going to open up a fucking culinary school we're going to try to uplift our community not just based on the color of people's skin, but right. based on the things that people like, right? It could mm-hmm. be things that people are trying to do in Southern California. What would the school look like that I needed when I was a kid, right? That's mm-hmm. what I'd like to build. Hey, they need hospitals in Africa. They need, there's fucking 50 things that I'm thinking about on a daily basis, right. but I can't let what if stop me. Mm-hmm. You know, what if I fail from those mm-hmm. things? So you just keep driving. And I think that's what I'd like to encourage the listeners like, mm-hmm. oh, well, what if I fail? Yeah, but what if it fucking works, right? Mm-hmm. If you fail, guess what? Nobody really cares about you because they're kind of worried about their own shit, anyways, right? Like, yeah. let's say I got. I got a meeting this afternoon, guys, with one of the restaurants down here on 2nd Street, right? Mm -hmm. It's to close, you know, a pretty big account, right? Right. What if she says, no, I don't think she's going to say no because we've already sent paperwork over. It's pretty much 80% done, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we're not at the finish line. I don't count my chips while I'm sitting at the table. That's not how I operate, Right. right? However, if I were to go, hey, well, what if I don't want to talk? That's the best brunch spot in Long Beach. I can't go talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. I can't do that. What if fucking worked guess what you know things work out hey she said she needed help that's how things work right Mm. i would much rather her tell me hey no venture like fuck off dude you're too young you're not experienced enough you don't know what's going on you don't know anything about the restaurant business which i kind of don't but how do you learn right is you got to jump into you got to have some experience doing it so it's one of those things to where like my what if turned into a oh, hey, yeah, you got your rent paid for the next Mm. three, four months just off of this thing, right? So it's like really Mm. nice to be able to do those things. Your relationship with Brenna, what you guys are building, I know you guys are, you're not seven years in. You're not like... Oh, congratulations, (laughs) by the way. Oh my gosh, seven years. Yeah. And it puts me in this weird position of like maturity to where I go like, yeah, okay, 23, 24 years old. But guess what? I'm I'm actually kind of in my 30s. Like when you really do it, when, when you're intentional with what you're doing, like mm-hmm. I said, is like, mm-hmm. no, I'm working on things that I'm not thinking about going to drink out, you know, on the Saturday night. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I like doing that occasionally. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is I'm like, fuck, these houses over here are, it's a hefty price tag, right? Like it's thick. What do I want? I mm-hmm. want my kids to grow up by the beach. That's what I want. I'm a beach bum. That's what I do. So guess what? It's not just a one bedroom. It has to turn into like a three, four bedroom house, right? Right. right. 
that's gonna be a pretty big price tag. So guess what? Good thing that's five, six, seven years down the road, but let's figure out how to get it done mm -hmm. now, right? right? So that's what I encourage the listener to be. And honestly, it's kind of cool because I love what you and Brenna are working on building. And mm -hmm. you guys are so, you guys are like two weirdos doing your own little like so true. thing. <laughs> but I love it. It's awesome. And I want you to understand that like this shit is built. Everything that I've done, it hasn't been, yeah, there's things that I can't calculate. I don't know everything, right? But every step of the way has been intentional. And I don't take Hannah anywhere that I know that we don't have an exit route back. Hmm. So that when we do get to step three, four, and five, I know that we don't have to go back to two because the foundation's already laid, right? Like, for example, we're here now. I don't have to go back to that shithole apartment in the other side of Long Beach that we were staying at with roaches and you know what I mean? All this other yeah, stuff right. because there's a foundation laid. When I decided to make this move, I knew the okay, this was already the right move. Now the next one that we get, you guys see this abandoned building next to us. They're going to remodel that within the next year or two, okay. I'm assuming, because mm -hmm. I don't know how you keep a fucking three, four million dollar property vacant. Who has that type of bread? But I guess oh, yeah. there's a townhouse up there. I want to move the podcast up there when they revamp it to mm -hmm. where you have the whole upstairs patio, you have a one bedroom unit, you have the kitchen, you have, that would be an amazing space for natural thoughts and talks 100%. to hit the next spot, right? right. But I'm not going to do it until I'm a hundred percent calculated with what's going on. Yeah. And that's where my head goes is like, tell me about your relationship. You don't have to get too deep into it, but like, is that how you're thinking about it? Because you're a creative guy, man. I'm not a creative guy. I'm a logistics <laughs> guy. So I know, hey, this is how you make things rock solid. Mm -hmm. Where are you at right now? Oh, no, I envy people like you. I, I come from a family of a lot of people who do that. Uh, my grandfather did real estate and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, my parents were both like educators, you know, so it was like a lot of logistical, uh, a lot of heady people. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, I came along. But um, <laughs> Uh, no, I'm like, I'm lucky enough to be dating the most amazing girl I've ever met. Uh, Brenna Thornton uh, is leagues more talented than I Go am. Go listen to that episode too for the listener. Go listen to the Brenna her. episode. I was in the corner over there drinking a water being like, she's so good at what she does. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Brenna is an amazing person to uh, listen to. That's uh, one of the things, not just for me, but for a lot of people. She's incredibly inspiring. Um, since we both do creative work. Um, it's very exciting to talk to her because both of us like celebrate um, what we're able to accomplish. She just got an insane role uh, in an indie cartoon. Shout out to Allison Blankland. Mm -hmm. um, she just got a crazy role, um, and uh, we were celebrating about it. I was so excited and so proud of her. Yeah. Um, a lot of us is just putting in the work day by day um, to get to where we want to be. Um, we're young. Pa I'm right, 13. Pause Sorry. right there, though. I have it right now. Is you talk about her getting good roles and actually being 100% supportive. That's something that's going to be unique to this generation. And like, as you start to find your partner and build it, mm -hmm. I tell Hannah all the time. Now I'm coming from this extremely macho thing to where sure. you can see I've done, if you met me like four years ago, mm -hmm. the amount of work that I've done, you would have been like, this guy is just, he's tight. Like everything that he does is tight. Mm -hmm. I'm still pretty tight, but I think I'm loose. Like I'm loose enough to come in here and talk to voice actors Looser, yeah. and have a good time to wear. Right. But before that I was just fucking like, we only do logistics. That's all we do. We lift weights and we fucking fight people. Like that's all we do. <laughs> so coming from that background, when I tell Hannah, like, no, 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 I truly want you to pop for like $8 million or something like that. I want you to get this Nike sponsorship or something crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I support you 100%. Like, I don't, there's no like, 
I need to make more because I'm the man or I need to have more roles because I'm this and this and this. It's like, no, I want you to live out to your full potential, whatever mm -hmm. that is. If your potential is higher than mine, which everyone has different waves and vibes and stuff like that, right. it's amazing. So that's really it. I mean, for you and I, it's not unique, but it is unique from the grand picture of like, hey, I support her for whatever she's doing. And like when I'm up, you know, I'm up. But when I'm down and she's up, like I'm still going off of that. Right. So it's just really cool. Tell me about that a little bit about the support of it, because it's very unique, but it doesn't seem that way for us. Oh, no, I completely understand exactly where you're coming from. You're saying like you wanted to pop off with a Nike sponsorship. You wanted to go for it. I 100% feel that way. Um, a lot of me and Brenna's conversations will be late night playing video games together or we'll be talking about roles we did that day. Um, if one of our throat hurts, we'll be like, all right, drink tea, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Um, but I want to celebrate every single thing she does. I think, um, I was, before I was dating Brenna, before I even knew Brenna, I was just a fan of her work. I thought her stuff was really good. I think she's an amazing actress. Um, and so I'm a fan of her. Whenever I see her do stuff, I'm like, yes, Brenna got in something. Yeah. I want to celebrate her every single step of the way. And she's always been incredibly supportive of me. Um, she's really big on celebrating whenever I get a role, whenever I get a writing stuff. Dude, having a writer boyfriend... I'm like, I'm so dorky. I'm just like, hey, I, I figured out this disease that they could have in the 1930s. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, it, it must be so annoying, that poor girl. But she's always been incredibly supportive. She, I, I'll run lines by her that I'll write. I'll run dialogue. I'll be like, Brenna, be honest with me. Does this make you cringe? And she'll yeah. be like, no, that works. I was like, ah, let's change that part, you know? Um, she's always been incredibly supportive about all that stuff. And, and I love it. It's the best. I could gush about her all day. I'll, I'll get off of it. But yeah. I think she's amazing. But as you're starting to build what you're building, mm -hmm. when you do it the right way, dude, right. it becomes something to where you're like, oh, the sky's the limit. I can do things that I couldn't do before, right? And they say, you know, oh, stay away from the girls, do that. And I'm like, that sounds like a guy with a shitty marriage. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, fuck that guy. Like, That's so true. Don't listen to that old man in the corner. Yeah. Just like, but because when you build it you go like i'm in a world to where the, hannah has no interest in what i'm doing right but mm -hmm. when i run something by her and i go like hey does this sound like too much to charge let's say right whatever just like your your art that you guys are doing yeah. and she'll be like no 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 you're like you're worth that right and i'm like you're right i am right all right send and right. then it comes back two minutes later deal and i was like oh fuck yeah like i should have <laughs> should have more right like i should have it should have been a higher number if i doubled it yeah. what would they say but yeah. yeah it's awesome dude or just getting people on the podcast right it's right. just reaching out to be like oh what if what if i could get this person on right we had this lady it's so random shout out to mar the belly dancer we just had her that episode's not out yet but it will mm -hmm. be she's got like a quarter of a million followers on Whoa. her instagram for belly dancing mm -hmm. and you look at things like that and you're like but she's so good at getting back on her messages because she has such a big following she was able to be like fuck yeah i love this podcast like let's come on and do it and we had one of the best episodes i've had in a month because she was able to come out and do her thing but it really comes down to like there's this thing, talent, the cream rises to the, you know, what is it? The fucking crop, the cream, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say, yeah, the right? Cream it, of the, crop. the cream of the crop, the crop, right? cream, cream, crops. Exactly. Is what you're that's, that's my version of it. And right. it's so awesome that we're in a world to where it doesn't matter if you're a voice actor or a mm -hmm. belly dancer, or mm -hmm. you're in marketing or you're in finance, whatever you're in, when you try to master your craft, like you were saying earlier, mm -hmm. anything can be accomplished. And it's just amazing what you guys are doing. And I appreciate you guys for coming on. And as we sort of close this out, because yeah. it's time. We've been rolling for a while. Right? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. As we start to close it out, 
it's going to be cool because I've never done this with two people. Right. I like to ask like, well, what was your first experience with natural thoughts and talks like? It was, um, it was amazing. You know, it didn't feel, you know, being on natural thoughts and talks, it, it felt like, you know, a natural conversation between friends. We were, we're talking about stuff that we're passionate about, what we're interested in. And it, it, it feels great. It's, I'm glad that this type of podcast exists. I would, you know, I wish there was more like this, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I was, I was not nervous. I wasn't wondering, oh, crap, what am I going to say into the mic? Do, do I sound like a jackass? Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, and, I, and I'm, I'm liking what you're doing. And, hey, if we ever come back, we, <laughs> we'll probably have more to say when we get back. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is especially with young men in general or just men in general, yeah. we're not talking as much as I would like or as I think is needed. Right. We take, it's not just the devices, it's a part of it, right? But like yeah. old people are like, there's fucking phones, this and that. No, it's just there's something going on to where, mm-hmm. you know, culture is becoming more and more and more isolated right. and we're not feeling and touching and smelling each other like we used to if you're mm-hmm. outside of those communities, yeah. which like I had a sports background, right? That was my everything. And then when that, when I stopped doing that, it was like, oh, fuck, well, what community am I in now, right? What do I do to where like... How do I bring more minds together from different backgrounds and Mm. not just guys that lift weights and fucking run fast like me, right? I want a bunch of weirdos into our own little thing, and that's how the show was built. But what was your experience with Natural Thoughts and Talks like? No, I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. I was... Um, I was I was here during Breno's recording in the background, um, and I just remember being like, "Oh, she's so good! I hope I can measure up." Um, so thank you so much for dealing with me. I appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. And the thing about you guys is, I'm really good at potential. That I, there's a vibe I like it. Just like when I look at a little puppy that gets kicked the fuck out, and I go, "Oh no, I can do something with that." And then I do it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool, and I'm sure you guys see it too. You see potential in things, and you yeah. go like oh no, this could be something really good. Like, this is hot. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you guys are. Like, I just Aww. support everything you're doing. Let it send any like links or ideas or, you know, you, you get a big role or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm not well-versed in like the anime or cartoon world, but I want to learn, right? Yeah. So it's like, send me any old work, any shit like that and pop it on the screen and I open up my popcorn and support it, right? Yeah. So, Thank you so that's much. what we do. The last question that I have every guest that comes on is... Right. Who can you think of as we try to get more asses in the, you know, more, more asses in the couch, right? And get more people going who are maybe two to three people that you guys can think of. They don't have to be voice actors. They don't Mm -hmm. have to be, you know, entrepreneurs like yourselves or anything like that. Just people with a good spirit that you can sort of reach out to or give me contact information and we can try to get them on the show sometime soon. Who can you name that you'd like to shout out? Hmm. Jalen. Hmm. Darius. Oh, 100% Darius. Darius. Okay, uh, we have a, a, a friend named uh, Darius on the internet. He goes by Hilarious Darius. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude is a rock star. He's an amazing voice actor, a lot yep. of industry experience. He's also a dancer. He's a dancer. A stand-up he, comedian. He does promo. <laughs> He's been in Monster High. He does Nickelodeon promos. Oh, he cool. does... Uh, he does stand up comedy. He's a he's a overall uh, well rounded guy, and I think um, I think he would definitely you guys would definitely hit it off a hundred percent. He would he 
he would share his experiences and then some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's one. Uh, shoot, who's another one we know that live in, in this area? Um, um, uh, Jerron. Jerron. Oh, Jerron Baquette. Yeah. 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 Jerron's an amazing mm-hmm. voice actor. Another voice actor. So a lot of the folks we know are actors. Yeah, no, yeah. it's all good. I get it. Yeah, we'll reach out. And like I said... It's really cool because I get to have multiple arms in different pots. So it's right. like if this is the voice actor thing, you know, and let's say you guys give two and then those guys maybe give two, you know, mm-hmm. I have a whole, I got 10 guys that are voice actors. Yep. And then meanwhile, I'm over here with the, uh, I don't know, fucking author community or something like that. Yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, here's another author. So it's just really cool because it allows me to branch out the show yeah. and just keep picking. And it also allows me for when there's duds and people that I don't want to have on, I can be like, I don't like that guy. Let's go to this guy. <laughs> I don't have to be like, oh, well, we need a show this week. So let's try to, because, right. you know, it's all about chemistry, especially oh, with a podcast. So, hey, guys, well, we appreciate you guys for coming on Natural Thoughts and Talks. This has been a great episode, y'all. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>